the Red Sox, blogging the RedSox.com podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Campbell. Today, I'm happy to be joined by Alan Lawrence, general manager of the Salem Red Sox. Alan, thank you for joining me today. Uh, how's the minor league season going for you guys down there in Virginia so far? Uh, it's good. Thanks for having me, Brendan. I appreciate it. Uh, I look forward to being on today. It's uh, it's good. We're, we are glad to be playing baseball after, uh, after the absence of our 2020 season. So uh, just glad to be back this year. First off, I just wanted to ask, like, you know, how you got your start in baseball? Like, what led you becoming the GM of a minor league baseball team? Just basic stuff like that. Yes. So I started, uh, uh, you know, I, I worked here actually at this stadium when I was in high school and parts of college. Um, you know, thought when I was going through college that uh, sports or, you know, specifically baseball might want to be the industry that I uh that I end up working in. Uh, of course, I had no idea that it would pan out kind of the way that it did. But I, uh, when I graduated college, I went to the baseball winter meetings, which actually just happened to be in Boston that particular year. Uh, interviewed with a number of different teams and ended up uh, taking an internship position uh, back here um, in Salem. So uh, I came back home uh, because I'm from here originally. And uh, uh, did an internship and really just kind of worked my way up. And, uh, you know, I've been here uh, uh, in a full-time role about 20 years. And for those who might not be familiar with the position, like when they think of general manager, they might think of like what like a Heim Bloom or Brian Cashman does. But like, I would imagine your responsibility is different from what those guys do, right? Yeah, much different. I, I'm, you know, I am more interested in how many tickets are we selling, how many hot dogs and beers are we selling, uh, how much merchandise are we selling, you know, sponsorship sales, you know, th- those are kind of the four main buckets that I'm interested in, uh, much more so than how the team is doing. Of course, uh, you know, as, as the general manager, as a fan of baseball, uh, uh, all that. I'm certainly concerned with how our team is doing because I think there's, uh, you know, our team's doing well and hopefully we can sell more tickets and sell more merchandise and all of those things. So I certainly want our team to win, but uh, it's not, it's not really life or death. Uh, kind of like it, it can be at the big league level. I alluded to baseball being back this year for you guys since the 2020 season was canceled because of the pandemic. So just based off that, how between the pandemic and then, the reshuffling of minor league baseball, how the last year, year and a half uh, impacted your responsibilities as a GM? Yeah, you know, in 2020, we certainly had to get a lot more creative here. Uh, we weren't selling any of those things that I, that I listed off earlier. We, we weren't playing baseball here. The only, the only baseball that we were playing was little league tournaments uh, because little league baseball uh, youth, youth tournaments were still being played. And so we were renting out our facility uh, to groups like that. But we had to get pretty creative. We, we had movie nights. We had some music uh, festivals out here. Anything that we could do to generate a little bit of revenue uh, were things that we were interested in doing last year. So, uh, you know, it was uh, it was totally different for myself and totally different for everyone else on my staff uh, in 2020. You know, with the with the reshuffling of minor league baseball, um, you know, obviously there, there were just a lot of questions kind of throughout the industry, throughout, you know, um, throughout every market throughout the country um, when that, when that started happening. And, you know, while we felt like we were safe, that we were going to make the cut, you know, unfortunately there were some, some of my colleagues throughout the industry that, 
uh, you know, that didn't survive the cut, so to speak. So uh, they're not affiliated baseball and it's, uh, it's, it's really unfortunate uh, to see, but, you know, we, we dropped from, uh, from high A to low A and, you know, we, we had to explain to some of our fans that it, it wasn't as such a demotion, uh, you know, to, to an outsider looking in that's not as familiar with it as you and I are. Uh, you know, they, they would see that as, as a demotion. But I, I say, you know, actually, um, we probably have more talent on our team uh, right now being low A uh, than the Greenville drive do being high A. So I said, uh, you know, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a good thing. Uh, honestly, we get we get to see these guys, you know, in many cases just out of the draft. Uh, and I think there's a lot of a lot of a lot more pros and cons about being low A. But just initially, though, like, how did you react to that move? Was there any shock or disappointment in it? You know, I, I kind of told myself I, I didn't know what to expect. So whatever happened, I was going to be OK with it. Um, it. You know, I knew that they were realigning some things for geographical reasons. And uh, while I think our league is uh, is lined up well geographically, I don't know that they accomplish that with every league. But, uh, you know, that's that's not really for me to decide. It's uh, it's uh, you know, that, that that's how the chips fell. And uh, I'm, I'm excited about our league. I mean, it's uh, I, I was excited that we expanded from, uh, you know, we had 10 teams in our Carolina league and now we're up to 12. And because of covid, we're not playing all those teams this year. But I think there's a lot of excitement down the road for when we do have the opportunity to play more teams. Do you know if they'll uh, consider rechanging the name of the leagues? Because, like, just in my opinion, like, I think you guys are in the low A East. That's kind of a boring name, isn't it? It's a very boring name. Yes, and, and that has been uh, that has been discussed. And I think I think actually low A is going to uh, is is going to uh, probably be eliminated at some point as, as a designation to the league. Um, it, you know, I think it's a it's kind of a misconception maybe to even call it low A. I mean, just the term low. Uh, it, you know, it probably says that, you know, you're, you're, you're underappreciated, you're undervalued just in what you're calling yourself. And we, so we want to get, we want to get rid of that because we've got some major league talent on our team. So we're certainly not, we're certainly not low in any other, in any other, uh, you know, realm that we would, uh, that we would view our league from. So I, I think that, I think we will get a name, you know, I, it's, it's been rumored that maybe major league baseball left it out, left it open like this to be able to sell naming rights uh, to each league. And I, you know, I don't know what the long-term plan is or even the short-term plan is, but I know that getting rid of the term low is, uh, is in the cards here in the near future from what I understand. Do you appreciate that? It's still like uh, the Salem Red Sox are still uh, a full season team as opposed to like a short season team. Not that those exist anymore, but yeah, for sure. I mean, it, you know, just from our fans perspective, I mean, it, it, you know, we're already going from, you know, so we used to play 70 games this year because of COVID we played 60, but in a normal year, uh, we're going to play 66 games, uh, at, at home. Uh, so 132 games total. So, um, it, you know, from our fans perspective and from a, from the standpoint of selling season tickets, you know, it's already difficult enough to go from 70 home games to 66, I wouldn't have wanted to go much lower than that. And speaking of the fans, like uh, for those who might not be familiar about the Salem Red Sox, what is it about the team? Like you think is most appealing? Would it be like the location, the stadium? Like I know those two go hand in hand because of the, uh, the mountain range that's in sight there. 
but like, is there anything else you think is appealing to those who might not be familiar? You know, it's, it's safe. It's very safe. You know, you can come to the ballpark and we we're fortunate to live in a market that is, uh, uh, that is very safe. You can come drop your kids off at the ballpark, you know, mom and dad can go watch the game and the kids can run around. We've got a, uh, a, a wiffle ball field that we call mini Fenway. It's a replica of Fenway park. Uh, kids can go play wiffle ball. Mom and dad can drink a beer and watch a game and, and, uh, and feel comfortable with their kids uh, kind of running throughout the ballpark. But you know, that you mentioned the mountain range. I mean, we, we feel like we've got one of the best views in minor league baseball, just, uh, you know, behind the, uh, behind the right field wall. Um, the, uh, the, the mountain range is incredible. Um, and, uh, you know, it, we, we live in a great market. We're a, we're a small tight knit market here and it's, uh, you know, we're an integral part of the community here. So it's, uh, it, we, we love having fans out at the ballpark and they love being here. Uh, do you like the fact that the team's uh, directly named after the Red Sox or would you prefer something a little more unique uh, you know, if you had asked me that same question 10 years ago, I, I would have said that I liked being named after the Red Sox. Uh, now I would answer it a little bit differently. And, and I would do that just from the pure standpoint of selling merchandise. I would like to be called something a little more unique for the, for the simple fact that I think it would open up a lot more doors for merchandise sales. You know, right now, if somebody wants to buy a Red Sox shirt, they're probably going to, you know, get on fanatics uh, and, and purchase a Boston Red Sox shirt. Uh, you know, they're, if they're looking for something Salem specific, of course, they'll come to our team store. But, um, it, you know, I, I'd like to have something a little bit more unique now, I believe. But, you know, at the time there were there were a lot more, uh, uh, you know, I, th- I think it was important to um, to be called the Salem Red Sox just there were a lot of there were a lot of uh, minor league teams, uh, you know, kind of throughout, you know, football and soccer and um, hockey in our market. And so being, you know, switching from what we, we were the Salem Avalanche, switching from the Salem Avalanche to the Salem Red Sox, you know, when we made calls, when we were out in out in the community, people instantly knew that we were the baseball team. Uh, you know, there, there were all these other teams kind of had to identify themselves. Uh, and we didn't have that problem because we were the Red Sox. So at the time, it made sense. Now, I wish we were different. And with the move from uh, high A to low A, have you had to change any uh, sort of like leadership or management style and how you go about your day-to-day responsibilities? No, not at all. Uh, you know, everything is very, uh, very similar for me and, and for our staff in terms of, uh, you know, how it used to be. So uh, no changes there. You know, I think um, – you know, we, we've just got everything that's different is down in the clubhouse with the players. You know, we got a younger group of guys, um, you know, more raw group of guys. But I, we've got a we've got a great a great group of guys. And I think, you know, that's one thing I've noticed. Everybody, uh, everybody is so appreciative of, of everything that we're doing for them here. And I and I appreciate the fact that they appreciate it. And player development in the Red Sox system has obviously been important for a long time. But uh, have you noticed maybe any significant changes in that uh, department since Bloom took over, like just from your perspective? You know, Heim was just here in town uh, a couple of weeks ago and he's he, he's he's so good at what he does. Right. And he's so he's so interesting to talk to. Um, and you know, you, you can tell that he's just got a really good feel for the game and just in, in, 
having conversations with him. It's, uh, uh, you know, I was trying to, I was trying to pick his brain about who he was going to, who he was going to draft during the upcoming draft, but he, he wouldn't quite spill the beans to me on that. But uh, so I don't, I don't have breaking news here on your podcast. Sorry. Uh, but it's uh, you, you can tell that he's, you know, he, and he enjoys watching the game. He enjoys, uh, you know, watching our players. I think, I think player development seems like it's more important now than, than it's been in a while. And I think that's great because we've got some good young talent on our team and really throughout the system. And besides uh, Bloom, is there anyone else within the Red Sox front office you have communication with, like Eddie Romero or uh, Brian O'Halloran, for example? Yeah, Brian was just in town, you know, a few a few weeks back. Uh, Eddie will probably be in town at some point. You know, a lot a lot of the roving instructors and uh, and whatnot, uh, you know, that come through here that that are just making our players better, making our staff better, and you know, they're all they're all just such a great group of guys. You know, I. Back when we were the Astros, I mean, we 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 had a good group of guys, but I I just don't I don't remember them being you know as as great as what we have with the Red Sox. And it's not a knock on the Astros; it's just that I think it's it's more of a credit to to who the Red Sox have employed throughout the entire system and how important uh, you know player development is within the system. And it, it's changed a lot. You know, I mean, we've got more coaches now, you know, there's more coaches on a minor league team now than there ever were back when, you know, 10, 15 years ago, uh, nutrition is so much more important now, you know, just to, um, you know, everything, all the, all the information and data that's come out over the last 10 or 15 years on, you know, players health and wellness, uh, and everything that's involved with that. There's just so many, it's, it's a much different focus. You know, it used to be, you know, how fast can you throw a ball and how hard can you hit it? And now there's so many more factors involved. Uh, just talking about like uh, play and whatnot, Salem comes into play today with a 31 and 25 record. So uh, what have you made of their season so far just on the field? You know, I think it's been great. I think, uh, you know, our coaching staff is great. Our manager, Luke Montz, it really, I think he gets a lot out of the players. He probably gets more out of the players than he should, uh, you know, because some of our guys, you know, when you look at, when you look at the numbers statistically, um, you, you know, there, there's not a, there's, there's a few guys that are, that are, you know, playing well, that have good, good numbers, but then there's other guys that were, they're, they're probably personally underachieving, but as a, as a team, we're really playing pretty well. Um, and, you know, we're, we're, you know, up near the top in, in our division and certainly really throughout the whole league. I mean, we're, you know, we're, as, we're competitive with everybody and, um, you know, so I think I, you know, I give all the credit to Luke and what he's been able to do with his team. Obviously, we got some some guys that are going to be moving up pretty quickly. You know, Gilberto Jimenez and Nick York and, uh, you know, Joe, Joe Davis. You know, he is he is, he is a, a lot of fun to watch. He can hit the baseball really hard. And uh, and that's that's a lot of fun to watch. He's, he's just a, he's just a good guy. All those guys are good guys, and and uh, you know I think that's what's fun for me is is you know when you, when you have a, a a good group of guys, you got a great manager that gets a lot out of his team, um, and I think you know it's uh, you know they just recently announced that the top two teams uh, from the league are going to be playing in the playoffs, and you know I our Luke and our coaching staff is excited for that. You know I've I've, I've been on I've been around teams uh, you know way back in the day that. Uh, you know, they want the season when the season's over, they want to go home. And I don't get that sense from this team. We, 
we want to keep playing. Uh, has it been fascinating at all to watch Nick York, considering he's just still so young and only like a year and a half removed from high school? It, it's pretty incredible, you know, when, when, you know, for people that don't understand the game and, and how minor league baseball works, you know, I, I spoke at a, at a luncheon a couple weeks ago and I was explaining to, to people that, it, you know, Nick York was just in high school and now he, you know, he signed for whatever it was over a million dollars and uh, first round draft pick. And, uh, and now, um, uh, you know, now he started, he, he had a slow start, but he's, he's really picked up well, you know, a lot uh, here lately and he's in close to 300 now uh, and doing what he's supposed to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty remarkable that he was just in high school and the adjustments that have to be made, you know, from one level to the next uh, is incredible. And that, you know, that just shows, I think, I think a lot of people were maybe questioning uh, picking Nick York that high uh, in the draft, uh, you know, when Hyam did that. But, you know, I think Nick's going to turn out to be a, he's turning out to be a minor league player. And I think he's, uh, he's going to have some plenty of, uh, plenty of games at Fenway Park down the road. Uh, do you pay attention to how the guys do who uh, get promoted? Like just this year, for instance, like Will Dalton or Jax Groshans? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Um, you know, it's hard, it's hard enough to keep up with our own guys here. Uh, but I do, I do like to follow those guys, you know, but both those guys, again, good guys. And, and, you know, Jax, I mean, he was, uh, you know, he was just real easy to get along with here. So I certainly want to see those guys continue to do well, you know, as they progress, you know, guys that, you know, even go up to, to, you know, double A and triple A, you know, that we've had here over the years and certainly guys that go on to the big leagues, you know, I, I root, I root a little bit harder for the guys that came, came through Salem. I want all the guys to do well. I'm, I, I grew up a Boston Red Sox fan, so I'm not just a fan because I work for the Salem Red Sox, but I've been a fan all my life uh, because my dad was a Red Sox fan and I just kind of uh, followed in his footsteps, so to speak. So I want all the guys to do well, but I do root a little bit harder for the guys that came through Salem. And, and we've been blessed with um, with players that have come through Salem. Uh, do you happen to travel with the team at all? I I, nor, I don't. Uh, no, you know I'll go to a, a few road games every year just to just to go to a different ballpark and 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 watch a game and not work a game. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll keep up with the team every night. I check, I check the box scores every night and follow LB app, but, um, sometimes we'll watch, watch some of the games on MILB TV, but no, when, when the team goes on the road, that's when I get, that's when I see my family. Uh, and I just want to turn to someone who just recently made their Salem Red Sox debut and, uh, I'm probably gonna butcher his name, but Chi Young Lu, um, made his debut for you guys on Tuesday. Uh, for those who don't know, Lou is a pitching prospect the Red Sox signed out of Taiwan a few years ago. Um, I believe he's one of the top-rated pitching prospects prospects in Boston's farm system, uh, which obviously means he's pretty pretty popular guy. Like I see, he's doing interviews with Taiwanese TV. So, uh, what has that been like for you these last few days? Yeah, you know, so we haven't had the opportunity to see him at home. It, we we he joined the team on the road. We we had uh, we've just had uh, two consecutive road trips. Um, and with plan, you know, this year with COVID protocol, um, the road trips are, you know, e each series is six games long. So, uh, so he hasn't been, hasn't been here in Salem, but I know he, he debuted, um, in Fredericksburg 
and I know that Fredericksburg got a lot of media requests from, uh, you know, Taiwanese TV and media stations. So uh, I'm interested to see kind of what that, uh, you know, what that looks like here. I know that there's a lot of hype around him. And, you know, anytime there's a lot of hype, I think that can only mean good things for us and good things for the organization. Um, you know, I, I know that he, tra- he he's got an interpreter that I'm excited to see. Uh, uh, Mickey Jang, he, he's a he's a his interpreter that was here back in 2015 um, and uh, with a couple Taiwanese players that we had back then. And um, so I'm excited to see Mickey, but I'm excited to see what uh, uh, what what this guy has on the mound. Are you a fan of the six game series uh, format this year? Yeah, I like it. You know, it gives, it it gives our, it gives our fans, it gives everybody, you know, our Rovers um, an opportunity to see the entire pitching rotation. Um, I think it's, um, you know, it's also from a marketing perspective, it's, it's nice because, you know, when, when we tell people that we're playing on, you know, if somebody knows that we're playing a game on Tuesday, they automatically know that we're playing on Friday and Saturday. They don't have to look at the schedule. Uh, So from a marketing perspective, it's been a little bit easier to communicate our schedule to uh, to the general public than it has been in uh, any other year. And I know you touched on this earlier, but with the MLB draft uh, this weekend, is there a part of you that hopes the Red Sox take like a college player, like a Jack Leiter, for instance, with their top pick so that uh, that player could make their way to Salem before the season ends? I, yeah, of course, you know, with the Red Sox having such a, you know, the number four pick, I'd love to, I'd love to see that player end up here in Salem. And I, and I think, uh, you know, of course it depends on who it is and, and how old they are, but, you know, I would like to think that they wouldn't end up here in, uh, in Salem for at least part of the season. I think, you know, Jack Leiter, obviously there's a lot of, a lot of hype around him and he, he, you know, he lives up to it. Uh, he's certainly pitched well in the college world series and, he's got a lot going for him. Uh, you know, so I, I would like to see either him or, you know, I, I know that there's some projections around the, this catcher from Louisville, um, that, uh, you know, that the Red Sox could draft. So, uh, it, you know, it seems like everything points to, to one of those two, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. There's been some weird things happen on draft days, not only, not only in major leagues, but in every sport. So you never know what's going to happen. And with you guys becoming a, a low A team now, do you take like a little more pride in helping like those uh, newer players take the first step towards becoming a professional? Because most of them are coming over from the uh, the complex in Fort Myers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I th- and I think that's been one of the interesting parts of it. You know, normally when we were high A, they had already spent some time in Greenville. You know, they, they come here and maybe, you know, maybe when they come here, they say, well, geez, they used to do this in Greenville. Why don't you do this? Uh, for us here in Salem or, you know, they're already kind of used to being a minor league baseball player. Now we're getting them when they're brand new. Uh, they don't know what to expect. So I think, I, I think they appreciate everything maybe a little bit more. Um, you know, they're, they're still new to it. And, and, you know, to, I, I always had a lot of good relationships with the guys when we were high A and they, they really loved being here and we're fortunate to have a big clubhouse and a nice stadium and the guys do enjoy being here, but now with the guys being new, it's just it's just different. They're a different group of guys to be around, and I, I really enjoy it. Last question for me. Uh, you've obviously been involved with the Salem Red Sox for quite some time, but of all the prospects the Red Sox have sent through uh, there all, over the years, who have been some of your favorite to watch and why? Like a Mookie Betts or Jaron Duran? Yeah, you, you know, but probably my the 
there's there's such a long list and and uh you know Mookie was phenomenal I mean when he when he was here he was hitting like 400 you know you couldn't get him out and and he uh you know when he came here he kind of led us on a surge to uh to win the championship that year and I think without him and and uh, we we would not have won it but just the excitement that followed him and how how much fun he was to watch was incredible probably of all the guys that I've, that I've had my, probably my favorite just in terms of how how much fun he was to watch and how great of a person he is is Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, he and his wife are just the greatest people in the world and uh, you know they he did so much for our fans here and he's and he takes time and you know, just everything he does uh, is is first class. But you know, Xander, um, you, you know, Xander's, uh, you know, he he and I were pretty close when he was here, and I still I still see Xander when I get down to spring training, and he's, you know, he, he's just so fun to talk to. I love I love being around him, and we we've been fortunate. Devers is was such a good guy. He was very easy to to get along with and work with, and. Uh, you know, we, we've just been fortunate to have so many good guys come through here, but we, we got a great group this year. And, you know, Nick York is just as he's just as great and easy to work with as, as any of those guys. And, you know, he, he's going to be uh, he's going to be a big leader one of these days. And, you know, those guys don't have to be they don't have to be easy to work with. But, you know, I give a lot of credit. I think I think you, you got to give a lot of credit to who the Red Sox are drafting. You know, you're not always just drafting the best player. You're drafting the best player that's. Uh, got the best head on their shoulders and the Red Sox have done a good job of that. And have you ever been involved in a trade where like um, major pieces are being moved, but on that same end, like lower, like prospects in Salem are being moved as well? Yeah. Um, yeah. As part of the, uh, um, let's see, we had uh, Espinosa a, a couple years ago that was traded to the Blue Jays and he was pulled out of the game mid game. Uh, you know, you see that at the big league level and, and you know what's happening. We saw it here. We knew we knew that the trade was you know possibly happening. And it was really just it, it was the, the first I don't want to say that it was the first time that it happened here, but it was the first time I really remember seeing it. And it was just kind of, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was honestly kind of sad. I mean, Espinosa was such a good he was such a good guy. And he, uh, uh, you know, you just you can't imagine what that must be like. You know, I mean, it's, uh, uh, you know, th that's, you know, this guy was living here in Salem and he was playing in the Red Sox organization and he started the game as a Red Sox player and he ended the game as a Blue Jays player. You know, it's just kind of surreal to think about the whole thing. I mean, if you think about that in, in real, in the real world, kind of outside of baseball, you know, if you walk into, if you walk into a business as an employee and you, and you get traded to a whole nother to a, to a whole nother organization. Just, I mean, think about that. It's, it's very weird. It's very, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's pretty sad to see it all happen, but that's the business that we're in. And that's, uh, that's the reality of it. And these guys know what they're getting themselves into. And uh, I don't know how involved you guys are in rehab assignments, considering how far away you are from Boston, but uh, have there any, been any like uh, well-known big leaguers who have rehabbed in Salem before? Yeah, probably the biggest uh, the biggest rehabber that we've had here, and we've had him twice, uh, was Dice K. Um, and you're right, because of our uh, proximity to Boston, we don't get that a lot. We actually see more with uh, some of the visiting teams, um, like with the uh, and they're now Pittsburgh, used to be Potomac, but 
Nationals affiliate. They were close to Washington. So, you know, we'd see, uh, you know, Ryan Zimmerman played here. And so you, you, sometimes you see some of the other the other teams have big names. But Dice K was a big name. Uh, he started on the road for us in a playoffs in a playoff game, which I think he ended up going like seven innings, gave up one run. And we won that playoff game and the media, especially in the Winston-Salem market, who we were playing, kind of crushed us for bringing in a big leaguer to win us a playoff game. Uh, but that's uh, that that's that's the world that we live in. Right. So we, we weren't doing it to win the game. We were doing it because we were still playing and Daisuke needed to pitch. Uh, then he uh, then he came back here and he pitched at home for us, which, you know, for me, that's what I want. I want these rehabbers at home. I, you know, it's, it's nice to get them, but I, I don't want to send them on the road because then the other team benefits off all the ticket sales and uh, souvenir sales that I was talking about earlier. So I want, I'm greedy and I want them at home. So he pitched for us on, I think it was like a Monday or a Tuesday night. It was cold. The weather was brutal, but we still had a pretty good crowd. The very first pitch uh, he gave, he gave up a bomb. Uh, but but he settled in after that. I can't remember how many innings he threw, but he was uh, that, that's definitely the biggest name that we've had here. All right. Well, Alan Lawrence, thank you very much for your time today. Uh, you can follow Alan on Twitter at Alan W. Lawrence. Uh, Alan, thank you again. Yeah, Brendan, thank you. I appreciate you having me.